Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm here with the wonderful, the beautiful Alex, who is Hello. 10 pounds heavier than he thought he was, according know, to today's stressful. Oh my God, calling me out on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, so, I had to shame you on there. Um, but Alex is just recovering from, from that trauma. I know, I, really. I had a problem this week where... On one of the life hacks episodes, Chris from Modern Wisdom, who many uh, we, we share many listeners with, had recommended the Johnny Wilkinson High Performers podcast to me. I've heard this episode, so I'm interested. Yes, right. So I I made two layers of error with this because I I went and um, found the the podcast, some random episode with. Um, this girl who's basically a, a clone of Lauren Tickner, um, but a lot more kind of neurotic sounding. And I was like, oh, this is an intolerable episode. I'm really struggling with this. Um, so I got through it and I was like, okay, um, that was, uh, it wasn't, wasn't very, wasn't very good. But then Someone was like, no, no, it's the episode with Johnny Wilkinson. I'm like, ah, oh, right. I thought Johnny Wilkinson was the host of the podcast. <laughs> okay. So listen to that one. And then I, there I am thinking, oh, Johnny Wilkinson's a lot more well-spoken than I than I thought and a lot more wise than I'd expected. And then slowly realized that the person who I thought was Johnny Wilkinson all along was Wayne Rooney. So I... <laughs> so That's Wayne Rooney has nothing to do with... <laughs> That's such a Yusuf occurrence. Are you enjoying the European Championships then, Yusuf? I, I mean, I, I loved the the goal that Everton scored in '94 <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in the Premiership. Oh dear! It was offside, wasn't it? But the the ref called it um, <laughs> on the foot game. So it's unbelievable. So, like, I think people listening might think he's got to be like this is a bit right. He's just like, like he's not. He's not really this ignorant about football. He's a hundred percent this ignorant about football. I really enjoy football. I was very excited this uh, this weekend. I had an incredible time watching England smash Ukraine. Yusuf, however, is no idea. I'm still not sure if Wayne Rooney is a football player or a, a rugby player, to be honest. But um, <laughs> so but, Wayne Rooney is an ex-football player, right? And he definitely wasn't on that podcast. He's not as well spoken, not as uh, as wise as. Uh, as Johnny Wilkinson. My, my world <laughs> came crashing down when I had to search them all on Google Images and figure out, like, ah, right, none of That's this so is... funny. It, it just shows you how with, like, incomplete information, you can just go down the completely wrong path. 
Like you're trying, like, I don't know if you've had this when you're trying to find something that you want to buy or like trying to just find something on Google and you just don't have the information you need. You like know what it looks like. You don't, you can't remember the name or maybe with a song. So Google's getting better at that. But yeah, I had, <laughs> so for example, for the latest reel that I, uh, that I put up, um, the song is supposed to be like I was trying to find the the bit of that opera song that's always played on dramatic moments in films or in adverts, and I was like, ah, oh, it's that. But how does it go? It's like so you're googling like what's the opera song that goes na 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 la 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 na na, and then you see all the related searches, and it's all people on Reddit that have typed like what's the song that goes do 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 do. But people but get that, it. Um, but that is also how Usage Brain works with sports. What is your favourite sport? I don't know if I've ever asked this. What like, do you follow a sport? Powerlifting? I don't follow a sport really. I mean, p- powerlifting. I think any sport is fun to watch if you're emotionally invested. In the sense that, like, there's someone you know who's competing in it. I can't get behind like the fact that the fact that I live on this particular island means that I have to also engage emotionally in in seeing other people from this island kick a ball around with I, I sound like such an alien don't i but but yeah it's because you are i'm that's a theory i'm <laughs> testing useless an alien undercover if i don't go missing like. <laughs> useless one of the lizard people but gymnastics oh is is just fun for the sake of doing it and I, like it's i think it's one of the few sports that everyone can enjoy watching because it's just a human marvel um but also it's fun to do because you don't need any kit you don't need any other person around you it's just like you can just mess about um so yeah there you I, go. anyway uh, but do, is there anyone that you follow or is it just more you know are you like oh i that quite game. like sort of freak athletes like i think when you when you see people mm-hmm. who are just completely off the bell curve and you're like well that's a fascinating person but I, I don't know if that's really following the sport that's just more of seeing a human specimen and just being like what the hell is that person you love a good anomaly yeah <laughs> love an anomaly amazing you would love american football then because my god well the, they are some... back to you being such an eclectic man that you're able to appreciate all and every sport music well from, i watched the nice. women's the women's american college uh ice hockey finals yesterday see this is exactly what i mean like i was i was saying uh off off microphone before that alex is the most eclectic person in that like he just just appreciates all aspect of any expressive art whether it's um music food sport whatever i think well i i think i had to do it because i was such an asshole as like a late teen <laughs> no but like i was so I, I was one of those people who are like oh fucking pop music's fucking shit oh i don't care about their art like i don't know and i think it just made me it was turning me to a quite a bitter being um and That's I think, like, I, I just had to learn to just be like, there's in every single aspect of everything in life that a large volume of people or even a small volume of people choose to do and choose to dedicate their time to, there's something beautiful and interesting in there. So you've consciously cultivated this then? Yeah, because I think otherwise I could just go mad. I, I think, like, that's so many people are angry because of that. Like, there's yeah. there's so many, like, oh, I love this. And then someone has to come in, well, I don't love this, so you're wrong. Well, it's that's like, just no, what? politics. What you, well, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. But like, it's, 
it's very interesting. Like if you just open yourself to the possibility that like multiple things can be right, multiple things can be wrong. And there's kind of somewhat of a beauty in most things. Well, you live a bit of a happier life. I, I think you discover things that previously you thought were really wanky. So yeah. my flatmate, Mike, the, the guy who appeared naked in the, in the background of last episode <laughs> of the podcast has got really into bird watching, yeah. but like pre doing it, he thought, oh, it sounds a bit silly, but like, you know, he's a pretty open guy. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. And now here he is with an 800 pound pair of binoculars. He's got the strap that goes around his thing. Um, he drives around like to the the end of the the country and like you know Kielder and Newbiggin and all the. There's been places. a falcon spotted on a rock. We and, must yeah, head there. He's off. Yeah. Like he he's driving off at six in the morning to go and spot this uh, these puffins or um, I was going to say shrew. That's not a type of bird. But <laughs> yeah. He's, this is the thing. Yusuf's not. It's not even sports. It's just all all things that he doesn't know about. He'll just guess. His alien brain will just categorize. Shrew is animal. Maybe bird. That's how his brain works. That category. Yeah. So that's it. And he's but he's built like the full index now. He says it's like Pokemon Go. That amazing. You just you just accumulate thousands of them, and once you've ticked them off in your database, you're like, yep, I've seen one of them, and I've seen the, the different variants, and. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like you can approach a lot of things in life with a like I don't know. I, I'm like I was always very cynical, and still kind of am about the like. Oh, it's just how you look at it, man. You could be happy doing whatever you want to, you know. Or, or you know, you could be happy doing it in whatever situation. You just need to like change the perspective a bit, bro. I think that the, the head movement in that sentence needed to be <laughs> expressed in the podcast. <laughs> I feel I feel sad for anyone listening and missed that head movement. Missed the head movement. Well, apologies because that'll be most of you. But um, but yes. So let's get cracking into the podcast before we dive into a, f- a philosophical realm and don't return, which I think we're often at risk, <laughs> at risk of doing when yeah. we when it's just us two. Johnny can normally guide us back. Um, but yes. So what we want to talk about today was a question that someone asked me. Um, who was interested in working for propane, uh, but working working with us, um, was basically, oh, what are the most common obstacles? So it was someone that basically just got their qualification. They were sort of, you know, obviously excited about moving into the industry and working in the fitness world, but they wanted to ask, what are the most common bottlenecks for people when they start out? Well, obstacles is what they said. But yeah, um, mm. so we're going to kind of cover that today. And, and Yusuf's actually sent me over a, a document with a sort of structure of what he thinks these are. And I don't know, I can tell it's going to be a cracking episode just from that. So, um, I, yeah, and I think the the way to structure this or the way to look at this is from the inside out. A lot of people would would look at obstacles to achieving something as what are the external things that I need to, to do and what are the boxes I need to take and all of this. But most of the problems that you face, particularly with something like a small business or setting up your own thing where you are the individual operative, you're the the person doing it. You're not, you're not operating in a larger, larger organization with loads of red tape and, um, you know, departments to run things by and everything. The majority of your problems will be internal. They will be personal. And so I think it's important to start in the center and move outwards. So when you move online, if you leave your day job, for example, going to become an online coach, 
the first thing that you will face is the personal obstacles. It's the individual thing of you you wake up, you your day has no structure anymore. You're just mm-hmm. you're at home and that's it. Like if you did nothing, there is no immediate consequence of that. You're sat at your desk. Or even if you're like, you know, if you're working full time and trying to do something on the side, there is no consequence to you not doing the thing on the side. Oh, it, it, if anything, it's it's even less consequential because you've still got the the monthly paycheck coming in from the from the boring office job or whatever, and you know nothing really changes, so it becomes a pipe dream. And you you see people reconcile that um, that sense of like, oh, I'll do it later, or. Um, oh, like by creating big plans and always always having these mm-hmm. big plans, like everyone's just about to set up a podcast, for example, um, because they're aware of the, or they're peripherally aware of the, the reality of how much work and consistency is required in doing any of these kind of big projects. So it's easier to just have it as like a, a big thing in the future. So yeah, <clears throat> the personal obstacle, the, the fundamental one is having a structure to your day and not um not just letting things kind of bleed into your personal life yeah then there's the productivity side and we've covered this comprehensively in the on our youtube channel we have a productivity series it's seven parts long and i i think it's one of the most well received things that we've we've done because it's come out of a bitter painful experience so give that a watch the productivity series it goes through everything from the the philosophical side to the very practical application um whether you are in full-time well, yeah. employment so, or if you're self-employed but yeah so sort of bring it back to like what is the obstacle there so like the the personal obstacle in terms of not having a routine what is that personal obstacle is it like a lack of accountability to self is it just no boundaries what what's the obstacle that's created by that yeah i think it's it's a combination it's the lack of accountability it's the lack of knowing what should i be doing because mm-hmm. the and even if you you know there could be a thousand and one things to to be doing but it's like what is the the highest yield thing to do right now what's the thing that's going to going to move the needle and particularly when you're starting out because usually you're time rich and cash poor you think well well i'll just do everything myself because it's cheaper not realizing that actually it's probably more expensive in the long run to try and do everything yourself. Um, What you should be doing is doing something up to the point where you can create a set of written process notes. And, but I think, I think even before we dive into all this, I just want to like make it clear, like the biggest obstacle to start with is actually starting. Cause I think a lot of people think starting is something that's not, Thinking of doing something is not starting it. Like a race, like a marathon hasn't started until you've taken that first step forward. You haven't started the race. Oh, and how, I think, how many people have you spoken to who are like, yeah, I'll start doing it. And then you, you unpack it a bit more and you're like, oh, so you've not actually done anything. You've just thought about it a lot. Thought about how good that's going to be and what the most efficient thing might be. And like that, that I just want to say, like, I think that is from what I've encountered, the largest obstacle is the not doing of the central thing because <laughs> you can do a lot of things and feel like you're doing things outside of it you could be like oh and you know i'm gonna first i've got to come up with a brand name and, and you know i've got to create a logo and then i've got to have a website because you know then what are people going to come to and it's like 
that's the ass backwards way of doing things. And that's you being able to focus on the things that don't put you at any risk. Creating yeah. a logo is not an emotionally risky thing. And so I think we're, we're kind of, profile. Um, so, so before I, before we dive into that, just the, so the, the basically the first three bullet points that Yusuf had down were personal obstacles, knowledge obstacles, and emotional obstacles. And I think they're kind of all interconnected. So that's what we're really covering. But I think just to kind of make it clear what we're kind of discussing, discussing all those kind of things that will get in the way of you achieving. Yeah, exactly. These are the, the, the internal frame and mm -hmm. So the, the personal stuff that, yeah, we've got the productivity, we've got setting up your day, we've got carving out some time for it, making sure that it's no longer just a, a pipe dream and that it is something that you can turn up and start to do. And as Alex said, don't don't procrastinate by doing, like setting up an Instagram profile and scrolling the feed because engagement and, you know, the, these are not things which which will drive your business forward unless you are doing a systematic outreach strategy. And that's not the same as asking about on Instagram. Like there's a very, mm -hmm. if anything, it's a, it's a very unpleasant way to use a platform that is so enticing and trying to draw you in to do all the, um, all the more kind of dopamine <laughs> activities. Hey everyone, my name's Rob. I am the co-founder of Gram Fitness, which we started uh, with the help of propane business. Uh, so we started working with these guys about three months ago, having a vague idea of what we wanted to do in terms of setting up our own online fitness business um, and wanted to offer our services out, but didn't know where to start. So what they've really helped us with is um, getting consistent clients um, into our business model, getting consistent leads, developing sales processes. Um, there's really good video content throughout. There's excellent support through the Facebook group and group coaching calls. I don't think if we would have got to where we are without their help. They've really taught us a lot, both about how to deliver effective coaching services online through to developing our niche of people we want to serve, sales, marketing. So I would fully recommend their services. We've essentially made our money back that we've spent on it uh, over the last couple of months. So John and Youssef, it's been awesome working with you. Thanks, guys. So you were going to say something. Yes, I was. I was. I was going to say that, like, it's, it's well, it's it's a touching on the point of like launch, like this this kind of notion of launch. I think is a fallacy that gets in the way of a lot of people. It's like you, as soon as you're deciding to do it, you've already launched, mate. <laughs> it's too late. That that ship is sailing, so you better make sure you're on it and you're moving. For, like, versus being like, oh, I've got to make sure get the you know before we launch, let's make sure we have everything in place. And like, just like running a race, like you just got to put your shoes on, mate. Like yeah. it's, it's not that complex. Like you got to put and your shoes on and you got to take a step forward. Like it's, it's not, you know, and I, this is a bit abstract in terms of what this is in your business. So what it would look like for a business is you have to announce that you're doing business and try and get people into the business. Yeah. And you, you, you'll figure out some of the other stuff along the way. Um, but now that there's, there's two types of, of people really, there's the, the planners and the executors and the ones who get stuck in planning will you know that that that's the that's the slippery slope of permanent pipe dream permanently putting it off until you've got the perfect uh conditions for absolutely everything but then you've got the people who will execute with no planning and usually these are the people who don't want to ask for advice they don't want to put their take their head up for a second take a breath and be like okay am i running in the right direction here <laughs> so <laughs> starting the race just facing the wrong way just facing the wrong way and being like and just running as hard as you can and 
it's very possible to do that for years. So this is the knowledge obstacle. This is taking a moment to say, right, is the stuff that I'm doing, because there's, there's an infinite number of things that you could be doing in a day, and you could fill up your day working really hard on the wrong stuff and not move anywhere forward, not be not become profitable, or you know become minimally profitable, and do that for so long until you're like, hang on, how many of these tasks in the day are actually providing a return on investment, and how many are just keeping me busy? This is where we've done podcasts on this about like you could try and figure it out yourself. It might take you several years. Mm -hmm. You may have several years to do that, but if you're not interested in doing a one-man randomized control trial, then you're probably better off hiring a coach and, and just following a blueprint or a template that someone else has laid out for you. Um, applying your own personal spin to it, but following a process just saves so much headache and bandwidth. And then it means you can turn up and actually do the thing which you are passionate about, which is not tinkering and experimenting businesses it's coaching clients yeah well, so no, and i think it's it's the same thing for like a fitness client and i know we use this metaphor all the time but i think there's so much you know crossover there is like you know hire a coach like i think i wish i'd hired a coach when i was 18 i'd be in so much better shape oh, now me too than, yeah but i i was the executor I was like, I'm going to figure out how to do this myself and I'm going to do it for free because now it doesn't cost money. Ha ha, I've beat the system. I've cheated them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. And I was too arrogant to to hire a coach at the time. And looking back, I'm like, well, that would have sped up the learning curve. Anyone who has coached anyone knows that, like recognizes the value in coaching. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Um, and this is it. You're You're looking at yourself thinking, well, my co my clients don't really enjoy like trying to figure out their own plan and trying to read about fitness to figure out what they should be doing. Yeah, unless it's their job. Otherwise, they they just want a plan to follow. Like they want to spend most as, as much of their time as possible turning up and training and dieting and doing the stuff, rather than figuring out right and wrong. And and the, I mean the other problem is this applies for business and fitness the information that exists that's freely available is not designed necessarily to get you results. It's designed to be flashy and to play into people's desire for quick fixes, both mm -hmm. across business and, and across fitness. And so this is where you've got to find a coach that you trust, someone that you know doesn't have ulterior motives and be like, okay, they, they've saved me the hassle by seeing through the fluff for me. Well, yeah. And so coaching will solve both the knowledge gap and also it does a bit to overcoming that personal accountability because it's like, yeah. well, I've actually emotionally, like I've not only emotionally invested in this, I've now financially done it. I better freaking do it. And I've got this person giving me a structure to follow. Like you feel like a dick if you go to your coach and you're like, yeah, I didn't do those workouts. Sorry. Like you just feel like an absolute moron versus... <laughs> If you were just on your own, you can justify it. There's a billion ways you can justify like, oh, no, because of course. And then, well, you know, I felt a bit fatigued that day. And then oh, I had to pick the kids up. And, uh, you know, there's so many ways that you can justify not working out, just like you can justify not doing the meaningful, meaningful things for your business. And just having someone in front of that you have to say your dumb excuse externally. <laughs> and you go, oh, that's not really a good excuse, is it? It's, it's very powerful. 
So, yeah. so those are the internal objections or the, the internal problem uh, obstacles rather that would stop you from being a successful online coach. As you start to move towards the external, a lot of them will take care of themselves just because you've handled the internal. And I, as, as a woo woo, as I'm going to sound here, I really do believe that your external environment is a reflection of your internal environment to, to many degrees. Um, I don't think we have to be particularly metaphysical about that. I just think like if you're the kind of person that keeps your internal state and your internal affairs and your house in order, then you're going to create a little ripple of order around you as well. Whereas if you are a chaotic person, how can you expect to produce consistent, reliable, orderly results? It's, it's not, it's not going to happen. So having that in order, and then you've got the issues of I need to gain lead flow. And and really, if you just look at your business as fundamentally traffic and conversions, like you need to be able to generate the traffic and then capture that traffic and turn it into clients. Then you have the subsequent problem of delivery. Like I've got all these clients now, shit, I need a way to deliver my coaching to them without without going insane. And you know, that's a that's a nice problem to have, but it's a kind of second level problem. So, yeah, by far the 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 first external obstacle that people will encounter is always lead flow. That's always the bottleneck. If you don't think that's the bottleneck, you're wrong. It's the bottleneck. <laughs> like, like, unless you're 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 starting off as some kind of influencer, like you've got some kind yeah. of fame already, but no conversion, which is a very specific situation. And sometimes it's a good one to be in, um, but sometimes you know we we know people who have got very large followings but no credibility and people people don't want to sign up with their coaching like they're they're weirdly broke considering how many hundreds of thousands of followers they have yeah but yeah so like i think that's you know that's so to go into lead flow and like why that might be the case what is that usually it's so if we look at lead flow as the the people that are walking by your shop window it's the the people who or, or looking into your your window it's about expressing to them in a, in a the quickest way possible what problem you solve and if they're relevant they're people that will step into the shop and, and maybe sign up for something and that depends on your conversion tactics whether the stuff inside the shop is actually looks looks nice enough for them to buy and if you're a good salesman inside the shop and so on so within lead flow it's just about your exposure and that comes from traffic which can be organic or paid mm -hmm. and so if you're um if your organic content matches the or is is, is in line philosophically with what you're offering then there's a smooth flow from someone seeing the content and being like oh yeah this addresses my problem. This person understands my needs. I'm going to take it a bit further and I'm going to listen to their podcast. I'm going to subscribe to their email list. And then slowly, slowly, they're like, well, clearly this is the person to solve my problem. And so they sign up. That's the organic side. The paid side is the same, but just accelerated. You're just throwing yep. money behind that. And so I don't... You'll hear Johnny talk about this as well, that paid traffic is not some magical like different world it's not something that's 
that's special. It, it's the same voice that you need to use. It's the same kind of thing. The only difference is people don't know you as well. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if your organic content is terrible and then you put money behind it, it's not going to make it any less terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like your regulars at the pub versus somebody who's just popped in. <laughs> yeah. It, just, exactly. I'm just in town, just in town for the night. Like there's a different sort of, you know, there's a different at least level of trust there, but it's still the same. You're still selling the same thing and it's still the same, you know, process. 100%. Like, yeah, you, you've, you've got the pub. If your food and your drinks are terrible and you've got no regulars, it doesn't matter if you put a sign out the front saying like, hey, come in, or you, you get a guy with a bell like pushing people into the pub and saying... Or even says like, oh, you get a free pint. Yeah. And if it's just like all head, this is a bit of a weird metaphor, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of... But it, it's, it's what it is. Like it's, you know, that you need to understand fundamentally how to communicate with your target market doesn't matter if the because it just doesn't matter who comes through the door if the, as you said if the thing's not good it's not good that's it and so you know if you want to understand how to improve your lead flow how to improve your your, your content quality your paid traffic all those things we cover that loads in the other episodes of this podcast so if you're new to us go back and listen to it subscribe to the podcast and have a listen through because uh, everything is covered in depth and we're constantly getting people saying like your podcast is lovely. <laughs> I'm getting so much value from this, um, more than even paid programs that um, that people have signed up for before. So there we are. We're, we're at the point of you've covered the internal obstacles. You've nailed your productivity. You're a you're an output ninja. You you know what you need to be doing. You've destroyed the knowledge obstacles. You've got over any emotional hangups, any societal expectations. Like you've you've committed to the process now. Because you've got your internal affairs in order, your your actions are starting to reflect that. You're getting a good lead flow. You're getting mm -hmm. good exposure, paid and organic. You're doing pretty well at this point. Like you've overcome a lot of the obstacles. So then the next step is just going to be the higher and higher level problems. Record scratch. Everything was good until. Until, dun, dun. yeah. And so... What this, you know, the higher level problems that Yusuf is talking about is something that Yusuf and Johnny encountered as they basically hit that point. They kind of got there, they understood who they were, what they were trying to do. They, you know, dedicated time to it, understood the offer, understood how to communicate. And they had leads, they had clients, but they hit this weird ceiling of like, oh, I've got, we've got 15 clients each. We can't really do this full, full time. Oh, this is awkward. How do we go beyond that? The issue is if any client comes on board, it's just one more hour and it's like, ah, oh, what's going, you know? And this is where that the kind of fourth, you know, common obstacle comes in, which is the systems of delivery. And again, you should only care about this if you've got to this point. I think that's a big thing. I think too often people are like, well, they do it again to sort of get procrastinate, as you say, <laughs> but like, to, you know, to try and get the, get ahead of things before they're even nearly happening. And it's much more important that you can make things actually happen <laughs> than you can like deal with things happening. Yeah, it, exactly. And you know, there's, there's always a balance with that. Like you want to make sure that you're not digging a hole for yourself in the future, mm -hmm. but also don't, don't, don't be trying to prep for problems 10 stages before they are even a thing because you've got bigger fish to fry right now, which is getting more, leads in mm -hmm. we work with people who are obsessed with making 
trying to get their their like group coaching system as scalable as possible to handle 100 clients and you're like well yeah that's that's a great thing to do but how many people are joining your your challenge your 14 day challenge or your how many people are opting into your lead magnet oh uh two people this month well fix that problem first and then we can worry about the other thing later mm-hmm. it's not a um it's not not an overly um groundbreaking thing to say but do things in the right order <laughs> so exactly. so i mean even i mean the title of this episode is going to be what are the biggest obstacles starting out really we've covered those three this isn't really a starting out obstacle but this is sort of the next one and i think it's worth addressing so you don't try and put it put that fire out before it's even starting because uh, i think you can get too excited about like the product, which makes sense if you're a coach, that's what you love doing. You love doing the coaching side of things. So you want to spend hours and hours making sure this coaching thing you're offering is perfect. Making sure the periodization in your spreadsheets is, you know, you've got like an RPE calculator in your in your sheet and you've got um, like PT distinction set up with all the bells and whistles. And it's like, yeah, that's it, it's all nice stuff to have, like if you've got the time for it, but time is so limited that you've got to, put things in the, in the right order. So that so yeah, that's when we have the problems of scaling and we help people with that as well, but um yeah, I I want to really just hat tip to that as one of the final obstacles and not overwhelm you in this episode because um I think if you get to this point, you're doing fantastically. Yeah, if you're if you're at that point, come talk to us. We'll help you scale. It's fine. <laughs> We've got you. I think that's really We got you that's back. Really Exactly. But no, but so it's going from 15-ish clients. It's going from that awkward sort of one-to-one and then maybe the sales process that you sort of jimmied in there is, you know, it's 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 sales calls. So it means that every person that you have to speak to, yeah, even if 50% buy, like you still have to speak to four people to get two clients and that's four, that's four hours. And then once you actually client buys, they do an onboarding call. And, and that's all the stuff that basically on the back-end systems mm-hmm. makes it so that you can't scale beyond your current uh, amount there we go so we have covered it if you have any questions for us if any part of that has tickled your fancy (laughs) and is that is that a phrase yeah yeah that's a phrase again alien yusuf coming through of just uh is this human phrase or is this one on home planet (laughs) so yeah if your fancy has been tickled by one of these uh any of these concepts or if you want specific help with anything go over to propane-business.com send us a voice message if you're happy for it to be played on um on the podcast and we will have i didn't even know that was a feature how do you do that pretty cool so we we can have an asynchronous conversation with you and we'll leave it there amazing well, there you go. So I hope to be hearing your dulcet tones soon, whoever's listening to this. <laughs> yeah, speak soon. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. 
We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.